Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Road to Know Her podcast. This is a brand new podcast aimed to educate, inform and empower women so we can take control of our health and well-being. I'm Emmy, And I'm Alex. And we're trying to fill in the gaps of knowledge when it comes to our bodies and well-being. And each week we'll sit down with leading experts in the field of women's health to discuss a wide range of topics, including nutrition, contraception, fertility and everything in between. So let's jump in. Hey Alex, how are you doing? Hello, not bad, thank you. How are you? I'm all good, thanks. All good. You're lying, you're a little bit hungover today. I am really hungover actually, <laughs> but I'm very dusty. I went to a party on a Sunday night and I'm just not cool enough for a Sunday night party. I don't, who is cool enough for a party on a Sunday night? That is I not know. party, prime party territory. That is I at know. home with your slippers on after a bath territory and a nice fresh pair of pajamas. What are they doing? Honestly, I sat there with my espresso martini being like, I would love to be in a bubble bath right now. <laughs> with a peppermint tea and how many people turned up to said party on a Sunday night I reckon like 150 that is a lot it's a lot it's a lot of people dedicated to partying on a Sunday night I know and all of them were like going hard it wasn't like the awkward trying to like sneak off all of them they arrived at 11 30 and also yeah. not very good for our health and wellness is it exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> gotta practice what we preach eh? exactly exactly well it's all about the balance yeah um i think this is one of the episodes that i learned the most from yeah. really came away being like i'm really excited to make these changes and implement everything we learn totally and i what i really love about this episode is it's quite holistic so it brings everything together and by that i mean there's a very scientific basis for all of it and i learn about the hormones and our different stages of our cycle but also about the wellness and the i guess more softer side of things and just bringing that all together and i love that approach that it really looks at our periods and our, our menstrual cycle as a whole I feel like we've grown up being like periods, menstrual cycle. It's all like the dread, the fear. And totally. now I'm like, oh, this is actually really, it's, it's such a natural thing. It kind of made me feel quite animalistic in a weird way. You yeah. kind of reconnect to being like, we're actually, it's all so natural. This cycle, why are we not more in touch with it and more in the flow of what's going on in our lives? I totally agree. And we'll hear more about it later, but I, I really agree in that. It, it sort of made me think about slowing down. I think we're so busy a lot of the time and we rush through life and we probably go from one cycle to the next, approximately 28 days in the blink of an eye and you don't even notice what's going on with your body in between. And since recording this episode, I've been tracking my cycle. I've been thinking about my mood changes, my skin, my my gut health, how I feel overall in these different stages. And it is so vastly different and I just haven't really noticed before. Yeah, completely different. And you're right. I just never noticed it and was like, oh, I'm just in a bad mood. And I think as we say in the episode, we're so hard on ourselves. And so when we're in a bad mood or we have low energy, I take it out on myself being like, why do I feel like this? I don't have the energy to go to a big party on a Sunday night. <laughs> and, but actually last night I did have the energy. So it was probably like a different point in my cycle, whereas I probably wouldn't want to do that another, another time. So shall we introduce the guest? Let's do it. 
So we've got the amazing Claire Baker, who is a sought after coach, speaker and author of 50 Things You Need to Know About Periods. For nearly a decade, Claire has taught thousands of women how to live in harmony with their menstrual cycle rather than working against it. Claire believes menstrual cycle awareness is a missing key in women's well-being, empowerment and creativity. And her immersive online courses and workshops inspire women to know their flow and become the authority in their own lives. Claire's online program, Adore Your Cycle, has students in over 35 countries. So we're really, really lucky to be joined by her today and we can't wait to hear more. Let's get into it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is so exciting having you here. We've heard so much about the amazing work that you've been up to and we can't wait to chat to you about all of all things cycle tracking and yeah, periods. I'm, I'm the worst person bleeding. at this. Bleeding. <laughs> we had a lot about chat in the office about bleeding today and all the guys were like, ooh, this is so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> they need to hear it more though. I think it's they good really for them do. to be around that and hear that conversation because otherwise it does feel quite shameful. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's so normal and 50% of the population at some point in their lives for a good chunk of their lives is going to menstruate so that's a really good point it's a big chunk of your life yeah it's a huge chunk it's a huge chunk it's not the majority but it's a huge chunk Mm. and so of course whether you menstruate or not you're going to come into contact you know and into relationship with people who bleed Um, normalizing that conversation is something that's really important to me definitely I was thinking about this with the world cup recently and I was looking at all the women on the pitch about to play the biggest game of their life and I was thinking oh my god there's probably 50% of those women who are playing sport while on that period and having all the associated symptoms and that must be so incredibly difficult and we don't even think about that and Mm. all the women who are going to work and doing big presentations while they're bleeding and things like that it's just a bit nuts yeah, it's wild, isn't it? I think about this a lot with athletes. There's actually an organization I'd love to um, shout out to, which is Fitter Woman, F-I-T-R Woman. And they do really interesting research with menstruation, the menstrual cycle, and, and with athletes oh, wow. and in female yeah. fitness. And yeah, there's some really great stories that have come through um, working with women's football and like supporting women to feel like they can tap into their strengths um, and take care of their vulnerabilities, particularly in that lead up to menstruation and then while bleeding, while performing. Yeah. And it is, it's just a different conversation to the one we, you know, around, around male athletes and male fitness and men in the workplace. Like there is just a different conversation that needs to happen when you're somebody with, who has a menstrual cycle. Mm. Definitely. We actually had um, Dr. Emma Ross on from the Well HQ. I don't know if you know them, but mm. they're doing loads of work and they actually worked with the, I think they worked with the Lionesses and the women's netball team mm. and just basically taught them how to train around their periods and how to get to know their bodies a lot more. Mm. And it was such an interesting episode. I learned so much about training that I'd never thought of before. Yeah. I'd never thought to change my training around my period. Yeah. And now, yeah. You're so much more informed and now this is going to help it even more yeah. now we can actually cycle track exactly. we can yeah we can be way more aware of what we're doing yeah I feel like we but we've jumped ahead of the gun a little bit haven't we yeah um but just going back to the things that we were talking about before we started recording so you were saying that you've been in the business and you've been working for yourself for 10 you say 12 years now 10, 10 11 years? wow yeah, yeah. and so has it always been about cycle tracking and menstruation or have you tried anything mm, it was pretty early on that it evolved into that but it all started for me um, because of personal reasons I was already uh, I'd already studied nutrition and was working as a women's health coach and at the same time had just come off hormonal contraception which I'd been on for 10 years and my period vanished so I came off the pill and I was also going through a really significant period of stress in my life and my period just disappeared for 12 months. So it was during that 12 months while I was also, you know, coaching for the very first time that I began to dive into women's fertility and menstrual cycle awareness and just trying to understand what was going on in my own body and trying to figure out why I wasn't ovulating, which is ultimately, you know, the key moment actually in the menstrual cycle. And then once my period did come back, I felt really excited and armed with all of this knowledge to share with my clients. And then it naturally evolved into conversations like, you know, how do you feel on, you know, cycle day 25? Because what I noticed was that my experience of having a natural menstrual cycle compared to what it was like being on the pill for 10 years 
was almost going from black and white to technicolor. I just felt so different week to week having this natural like ebb and flow of hormones in my body. And it just occurred to me that in my studies, I wasn't taught the difference between the female body and the male body and how that might affect the way we show up in our health and our well-being and fitness and relationships and in life. So I just started asking my clients these questions and it's for a long time now been a really core part of my work because I honestly do not know how I would approach clients as a coach without without this knowledge actually because it just informs so much about who we are and how we show up in the world. Mm. It's so amazing because I think we've grown up a lot with this fear of your period. Mm. When you're younger, you're like, God, I can't go swimming. I can't do all these things. And I love that you're changing this approach to the positivity around periods and positivity about the menstrual cycle and actually how you can really connect to it and get to know yourself a lot more. What were the sort of key learnings that you took away from tracking your menstrual cycle that Mm. our listeners could take into their everyday life the first thing I think was just that I wasn't crazy I (laughs) right like I really noticed just how much my physical energy and my emotional experience would change from week to week my libido would you know be really strong in some weeks and then other weeks it would just vanish there were some weeks where I really wanted to spend time with my partner and then other weeks where I just needed to really be alone and it felt at the beginning like this kind of roller coaster of, of you know, gosh, there's this different person almost from week to week. And tracking my cycle and, and beginning to understand these hormonal fluctuations that are totally normal. And then ultimately beginning to see patterns. That was when I clicked like, ah, oh, actually, like there are patterns here. This isn't total chaos. <laughs> and, like, you know, it's not actually unpredictable. This is actually a natural rhythm. So that was, I think, the biggest thing was that um, understanding that, yeah, I'm, I'm not crazy. And I hear this from clients all of the time, this relief that it's actually completely normal to have that ebb and flow. It's also, I'd say, the couple of other pieces would be around relationships and just how much it's, in, you know, Um, nourish my relationship with my partner nourish my relationship with friends with my team you know we check in with each other all of the time about whereabouts we are in our cycle and it just helps to show up as your full self and also to be able to witness other people whereabouts they are in their cycle too and I think the third thing would just be that it's really helped to connect tracking my cycle really helped to to connect me with um, my body and to spend less time in my head and actually really come into connection with my blood and with my womb and with like my female experience on a very visceral level and to spend less time, you know, mentally obsessing over things and actually really just drop into my body more. Mm, That's fascinating. Totally. And I totally resonate with that because although most of the time I slightly resent my period when it arrives because of all the pain and emotion that it brings, there's something about it that whenever I come on my period on the first day, I feel quite primal, I think it is. And I just feel like, okay, my body's working as it should. And this is me at my very, yeah, my most primal, my most human. And there's something that's actually really lovely about it that I can connect to, which I only noticed in the past few years. I was like, wow, I I hate this, but I also kind of love it. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting. And what happens when you feel that sense of that humanness and feeling like primal? Like how does that manifest for you? I think it's exactly what you just said, that it takes me out of my head. And it makes me, because I think a lot of us in our heads are constantly questioning sense of self or definitions of yourself. And then when you realize that you're actually just a body with a cycle and it, it definitely just takes me out of my head and makes me feel more in my body. Mm. It's really nice. So one thing that I'm not too clued up on, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners might not know this or might have forgotten about it since school, but I'd love to ask what hormonal changes does a female body experience in the different cycles? Mm. So I I know a little bit about estrogen, but I don't really know how they sort of peak and trough. So I'd love Mm -hmm. it if you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, of course, we can go through a 101. The the two key female hormones that are important to know really are estrogen and progesterone. There are other hormones that are at play as well. But if we can think about the first half of the menstrual cycle, which is um, 
from the first day of full blood flow. That's the start of your period, that very first day of full blood flow. And then that takes us right up to ovulation, which is the release of the egg around the the mid-cycle mark. And estrogen is the dominant hormone in that first half. So estrogen is rising in quite a linear fashion um, on the way up to ovulation and it's preparing the body um, to open that fertile window and you know all sorts of other things going on to support a potential conception. After ovulation, um, if conception doesn't occur, then progesterone is, is the dominant hormone and that hormone swoops in ultimately to uh, nourish a, a potential pregnancy if a potential if a pregnancy does occur pro progesterone as in progestation. So that hormone is there to support pregnancy and that's the dominant hormone for the second half of the cycle and it ebbs and flows somewhat um, throughout that second half and we also get another boost of estrogen around the second the midway point in the luteal phase which is that second half of the menstrual cycle so there is you know this sort of gentle fluctuation but but both of those hormones have their their moment you know they dominate each of those two halves testosterone is also present in the female body and at around ovulation we get a really nice bump of testosterone too and then there's hormones like luteinizing hormone and that plays a role then in ovulation it has less of an effect on how we actually feel so most of the time uh, when I'm sharing with clients I'm, I'm talking about how estrogen impacts us and how it can you know, shape the way that we feel throughout that first half of the menstrual cycle. And I like to think of estrogen more as the like get up and go hormone. This hormone's the one that wants to get us up and out the door after menstruation and out into the world. Um, we can feel more confident, more extroverted, often um, have a higher libido. It can also have a positive impact on cognition and memory retention, things like that. Whereas progesterone is the hormone because it's there to protect a potential pregnancy. It is more of a like introverted, cozy, relaxing hormone that also helps with sleep and just, you know, keeping us kind of safe and yeah. That's so fascinating. That's again so primal, isn't it? So, so, so primal. Really, if you strip all of this back, you know, it is incredibly primal. And so what can happen is if these hormones become um, imbalanced at any time, then we can experience um, rather than experiencing, for example, the relaxing effects of progesterone if we have an imbalance in that second half of the menstrual cycle then often that's when things like premenstrual symptoms can flare up and we can have a more challenging time but ultimately you know the menstrual cycle is is designed for a reason and uh, we're not meant to have a crap time on it these hormones really are there for a reason and they offer us in my opinion an opportunity to explore different aspects of ourselves I love that in the lead up to ovulation I feel you know more chatty and more confident and more flirty so for example I'm on day 12 of my cycle today which basically puts me right at ovulation and so for the last few days I was at a festival and I had the energy to teach and to share and connect with people and I had you know um, just that sense of wanting to be out in the world Whereas I know that if I, you know, it was two weeks from today that I was meeting with with you both and chatting with you, I would be still here and very present, but I would be coming with a much more like introverted and a more reflective kind of introspective energy. And I think that's really cool that we get that opportunity to play in in these different um, energies throughout the menstrual cycle because of these really natural hormonal fluctuations. For sure. It's so interesting because I I don't track my cycle and after this I'm going to, definitely. But as you say, those different periods, it just explains so much. And I used to get really bad PMS and just before my period, I would be really emotional. I'd feel like there's a cloud over me. How do you recognize those symptoms and how do you deal with them? Are there natural ways that we can do it? Mm, yeah, of course. And awareness is the first piece. And that's why yeah, tracking your cycle is so beneficial to begin to see whereabouts these moments in your particular menstrual cycle are more vulnerable where there are sensitivities because you know like I just shared for a lot of women it can come up in that premenstrual phase but that's not necessarily everybody some people find that in the days leading up to ovulation that can be really sensitive for them or the days just after their period finishes it can there can be like an anxiety of having to come back out into the world and the pressure of suddenly you know really feeling the to-do list and the 
social expectations. So just beginning to know whereabouts your moments of you know vulnerability really are, like that can just create such an opportunity to really care for yourself and to maybe, for example, give yourself more space around that time and and maybe not make as many commitments as as you might have normally. So I know for me in my premenstrual week, I know I need more space. So I literally write it out in my schedule, like leave space, like do not make extra extra commitments here that you don't need to do to prioritize and to take care. And we know that stress that is present in the first half of the menstrual cycle research tells us that it can show up as premenstrual symptoms in that second half so really the premenstrual phase and and certainly menstruation as well they're opportunities for feedback from your body and so if there is this experience of you know feeling very overwhelmed and having those premenstrual symptoms tender breasts for example low 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 energy extreme mood changes irritability if they're coming up in that premenstrual phase when I'm working with clients, like we use that as, as insight to then take a look at whereabouts in the rest of the menstrual cycle. Can we also work on reducing stress and taking better care and maybe organizing things in a way that we're not creating situations where we feel incredibly overwhelmed um, and unable to, you know, to really function? Because for some women, it can be super debilitating. And if, you know, it's important for me to say here that if those symptoms in that premenstrual phase really do impact on your ability to live your life and show up for work and your relationships, then it's really important to speak to your GP because those are genuine symptoms that need to be taken seriously and can be investigated as well. Brilliant. And do you have any advice? Are there apps out there? Would you do it in your, as you said, in your calendar saying keep this area free what what advice would you give to our listeners of how to start Mm. the period tracking journey I think the best way to start is whatever already works for you in terms of organizing your life really we want to integrate this cycle tracking practice into whatever you're already doing so if you're somebody who like me I love my pen to paper calendar and my like my schedule so I write down the days of my cycle from day one, as soon as I start bleeding for the rest of the month, I can see in red next to the date whereabouts I'm going to be. So if somebody invites me to you know, a, a social event after a really big day of meetings and I can see I'm going to be on cycle day 26, I might decline or, or offer to do it at a different time. I like apps but for me I find that pen to paper works really well so I have free cycle charting resources on my website as well that just give an opportunity for just a few notes every day it's just that little check-in and I do recommend the everydayness part because looking back in retrospect I find doesn't always deliver the the, the gold that I think we can get when we're really tuned into how we're feeling each day. It's in that way, like a mindfulness practice. So if you love apps and there's some great ones, I think Clue is probably one of the better ones out there. Just start charting every day Mm. and uh, noticing how you're feeling. And the patterns begin to appear after about three cycles. Okay, nice. That's such a, that's such good advice because so I track my cycle on flow, but mm-hmm. it's very much just to predict where my next period will occur, so I'm not caught caught by surprise. But I don't actually track any emotions or physical sensations to go with that, and I think it is so valuable and something that I just really took from a, a, a nugget that I just took from what you said is where you said in your premenstrual phase you'll leave more space, and I think for me I've had this bit of a preconception that maybe if you start tracking a cycle you have to be quite militant about it which means you know no public speaking on this day and no hanging out with friends that day and obviously everybody's got commitments and work and all these things you can't always avoid whereas I really like that sentiment that you just shared where it's not necessarily about saying things you can or you can't do but instead being mindful of it and also relaxing into that energy that you'll bring with it I think that's really really lovely yeah I think that's really important to mention it's easy to you know I think at the moment in women's health and and fitness and well-being you know we're trying to create a new paradigm essentially and so the last thing we want to do is to step out of these you know rigid boxes that so many of us grew up in you know wanting to be a certain weight or a certain clothing size or to fit a certain aesthetic and 
the last thing I want to promote is then a whole new set of rules and restrictions around what we can and can't do because ultimately the female body is incredible and we can do anything. We're so powerful and we're so strong and, you know, we can endure and we can create and we are just magical, right? So the absolute last thing I would want anyone to take from this cycle tracking or cycle syncing or menstrual cycle awareness conversation is that we can't do things at certain times. What I would love, yeah, is for that piece to land around the, you know, the energy or the the approach that we might take with the same task might just look and feel different depending whereabouts we are in our menstrual cycle. So of course we can still show up for work and our families and our relationships, but the way that we hold ourselves might be different or the way that we care for ourselves. And even that piece around um, not feeling crazy, I think also leads to something around self-compassion mm. and gentleness. That inner critic, that you know, that self-criticism can just be so overbearing. And so what if we brought a more gentle approach with that understanding that we we may not show up the same way on cycle day eight that we might on cycle day 17, and that is perfectly okay. Mm. I love what you were saying earlier about this notion of you talking to your partner about it as well, because I think there's always that element of not wanting to be hard on yourself and actually having those conversations with your partner allows you to be open and honest and take that pressure off. How did you start those conversations with your partner? Was he open to it (laughs) or how did he react and what kind of tips can you give our listeners? Yeah, when I met my husband, we, I was well and truly in this world, had been working in it for a number of years. So on our first date, he knew all about it and loved it. He found it fascinating. And I could see the like light bulb moments going off in his head that I often do when I share this work with, with anyone. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. So it's been a part of our relationship from from day one, definitely. And I think what's been really interesting is that it's given him a language as well to share about his experience. So, so an analogy that I use when it comes to the menstrual cycle, and this is something I was taught from one of my mentors, Alexandra Pope, is the notion of the four different phases of the menstrual cycle being like the four seasons of the year so we can liken menstruation to an inner winter that pre-ovulatory phase the week after bleeding is like an inner spring sort of coming back out into the world as estrogen rises then we have our inner summer which is when ovulation's occurring and like I said there's that peak in hormones and probably an increase in energy and then that inner autumn which brings us back down again through the pre-menstruum leading back down to to menstruation that coming back in inwards again and uh, the truth is that whether you have a menstrual cycle or not everybody experiences that cycle of emotion or of energy so it's been really interesting for him to have that language as well and to be able to share when he feels like he's in a you know in a winter or in an autumn and needs some time out for himself or during the day because the male hormonal cycle is more of a 24-hour testosterone cycle he's got his spring in the mid-morning to lunchtime and then goes into his autumn in the afternoon so it's just also given us an opportunity to relate to each other and I don't have children but friends of mine who do share that their kids just love that analogy as well and really understand the idea that oh mum's you know you know mum's in like in a, in a winter right now and oh, right and, so and, and it's beautiful and for the family to be able to share in that and for kids to be able to say, yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in a winter as well right now or I'm in the summer and I've got more energy and I've got more capacity. It's just a beautiful way to share whereabouts we all are. And then, like I said earlier, to just strengthen the relationships that we can have with people in our lives. Yeah, those analogies of the seasons, it completely changes it for me because it makes it less those conversations less hard being like I'm menstruating right now. It's a much lighter language and a lot more welcoming and warming mm. I'm going to start using less that. scientific as less well scientific. because <laughs> I still don't I've heard of the luteal phase mm. I don't even know if that's how you say it but that is the only one I remember because they are difficult scientific words it's hard to relate to the seasons work beautifully because everybody knows what you're talking about so it's a great way to share the the nature of the menstrual cycle with somebody 
who who's never had a period and who might never have a period. I find the 24-hour cycle works quite well too. You know, we don't expect people to skip a few nights of sleep and to then just continue to perform as usual. We know that not getting enough rest uh, during the evening is you know, detrimental to our health. And it's the same with the menstrual cycle. There is this you know, decline of hormones at menstruation. It's natural to feel like we need more rest, more sleep, more downtime when we're bleeding. Expecting that we can just show up, you know, cycle after cycle, month after month, and 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 not have some kind of impact on our body is um, is unwise, I I believe. And so even just paying attention to the the nature of the cycle of the day, and just applying that to our monthly cycle is also a really interesting way of thinking about it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. And also, I'd just love to make a recommendation because, Claire, you've made some playlists <laughs> that correspond to the seasons. And so I started my period yesterday and I was on your website and I listened to the winter playlist and I was vibing with it. It is it, it's quite um, heavy and introverted and I loved it. So everyone has to go listen to those playlists. I will be following them religiously and a great way to find out new music. I really love your music taste. So. Thank you. Yeah, I find music's a great way to, again, to just express these these different qualities and energies. And it makes sense, you know, when, when you listen to them and if you've had that experience of, of bleeding, I find even when people are brand new to this work, and maybe don't have the scientific um, intel and understanding, people still know what I'm talking about when mm. I say, you know, how do you, how differently do you feel in the days before your period compared to, say, the days afterwards? You know, people know, they can tell me how they feel differently. And so that charting process can actually begin quite quickly. I really recommend if you're listening to this and you're keen to start charting, all you need to do is go back to the very first day of your last period. That's day one count forward from there whatever day you are today just start today because those insights will come really quickly we have all the tools yeah right here all there yeah, yeah. Exactly. i love it and ask i'd like to ask you a little bit more about uh the menstrual cycle and mental health and emotions so i think i've got a fairly good grasp on like the stereotypes of the menstrual cycle and emotions so you know everyone says you get a bit crazy beforehand and you're a little bit sad when it arrives but especially in the spring and the autumn what kind of emotions can we expect to feel is there more anxiety at some at some parts of the cycle and yeah so just what sort of different emotions and mental states can we expect at different phases of the cycle yeah it's important to say that everybody's experience is really unique 
Um, and again, paying attention to what's coming up for you is the most important. But it's interesting you mentioned, say, spring and autumn, because I do find that those what I call transition phases in the menstrual cycle can bring up a lot. So we could consider, say, menstruation and ovulation to be like these um, moments of release. So at menstruation, we're releasing blood and releasing the past cycle and at ovulation we're releasing an egg and then that those weeks in between we're moving between these two quite powerful moments in the menstrual cycle so for some people it's around menstruation where they might feel um, sometimes sadness and grief can come up particularly if somebody is uh, trying to conceive or has had any past experiences say with with miscarriage or you know pregnancy loss then there can be really like tender moments of sadness and grief at that point um also can be a lot of joy and and relief and like a sense of just resetting and you know pressing that reset button on on everything in life and that letting go that can bring a lot of a lot of joy moving then into the uh, that in the spring this can be a real time of elation and playfulness and kind of excitement to get back out into the world and feeling energy increasing, feeling strength increasing, feeling libido increasing. So that can bring with it a really you know, joyful spectrum of emotion. And as I said earlier, for some people, it can come with, with feelings of anxiety and tenderness and actually feeling quite vulnerable coming back out into the world. And sometimes that um, increase in, in estrogen can cause anxious feelings um, and kind of a mental overwhelm is something I hear a lot like having a lot of a lot of thoughts just a lot going on and really needing to prioritize which is something that I recommend doing once your period begins to finish around ovulation as well of course there can be feelings of, of confidence and um, you know feeling uh, happiness and um, and really wanting to connect with people and be social. It's sort of that, that hormone that really wants us to, to relate and connect with other people. And as well, that can be a tricky time for people, particularly with different fertility challenges and desires and yearnings. And certainly the premenstrual phase, this can be, like you say, stereotypically, I think quite misunderstood and that this is a time where you know, women just lose their minds and just become irrational and just lash out and angry and frustrated and, and quite rageful. And it's true that a lot of big emotions can come up in the premenstruum. And this is probably the phase in the cycle when that emotional body really is quite activated. But what I found after years of working with women is that a lot of the time there's actually quite a bit of truth in, in some of the responses that they have at that time to different circumstances in their life and if we're we've got those rose-colored tinted glasses on around ovulation when estrogen is pumping and we're feeling really great and we're you know more patient and more tolerant of other people's crap then that hormone takes a dip and progesterone steps in and progesterone is more like a truth serum in a lot of ways you know it invites us to come back into ourselves and to reflect and to take time out from other people in my practice we work a lot with understanding the importance of taking time for ourselves to reflect to be introspective to be honest with ourselves about what is actually working in our lives and what isn't and in my experience if something is really not in alignment in our lives if there's just some peace in our life and we're ignoring it or we're just we're not looking at it it's going to come up in that premenstrual week and that can be really tough um, but it's also again just such a fabulous feedback system to give us an opportunity to notice what am I getting really angry about? What am I getting really upset about? What am I feeling this sensitivity around? Like how could I actually maybe listen to what my emotions are telling me? And perhaps there is, you know, some truth in that. You know, I often say it doesn't mean that you need to quit your job or leave your partner or move to another country, which sometimes it can feel like that's what I need to do is just burn everything down and start again. But but there might be some some truth in there that actually we do need to take some time with and listen to those feelings that are coming up. Fascinating. It's I, so fascinating. Because I when I was saying earlier, I used to get really bad PMS. And actually it was the worst when I was in a really unhealthy relationship. And I was like, gosh, I'm being so dramatic. And actually, it's quite interesting, this idea of actually listening to those thoughts that come up and how you're so perceptive to things and you don't have that level of tolerance that you probably would before. 
And I think as women, we hold ourselves to such a high standard and we're really hard on ourselves. So some weeks I could be the life and the soul of the party and then some weeks I can be quite withheld and anxious. And I really beat myself up in those times being like, why am I not at that party? Why am I not having the best time ever? Because last week I was. And actually, I think it's so interesting what you're saying about all these different emotions and being aware of them and actually just stopping ourselves, beating beating ourselves up. It's great. <laughs> and I think also validating yourself, because as you just mentioned, I have had experiences with myself and so many friends and people I know where there is that sort of premenstrual anger or frustration and they have an argument with someone. And then as soon as they're out of that phase, it's like, oh God, I'm so sorry. That was just my PMS talking. I don't mean any of that. And it's that then then that invalidation to yourself that you are a bit crazy and it is a PMS talking. Whereas as you say, it's usually from what I hear, an existing frustration mm-hmm. that's just a bit like a boiling pot where it's just gotten over the top a little bit during mm-hmm. PMS phase. Mm-hmm. And I actually think being it being able to just validate yourself and say that was just that was a really strong and big emotion but there was a little nugget there of some truth I would never recommend you know actioning any of those really big big feelings necessarily in in that week there's I think a lot of wisdom in taking time and and you know bleeding on whatever problem has come up and just allow you know allowing that hormonal release and allowing the your body to release that last cycle and as you say oftentimes we can come out of our period and think oh gosh I don't feel like that any, anymore or that was a really big feeling and sometimes then we can look back and think actually yeah there was something in that that's important then when we look at the new cycle ahead how could I use that new energy and that fresh perspective I have in my inner spring for example with estrogen rising to actually take some action towards whatever it is that I need to resolve because there's something here so how can I then work with my cycle and particularly in that first half of the cycle maybe there's a conversation that I need to have or there's something at work I need to you know commitment I need to withdraw from or there's something I need to say yes to actually there's something I've been holding back on and and now I'm ready to move forward on that. I was going to say, a lot of people don't have regular periods, whether that's through endometriosis, polycystic ovaries, or through contraception. Are there different ways to track your period without that actual first day of bleeding? Are there any other ways that you can track it? Hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. So irregular cycles can occur, like you say, with polycystic ovarian syndrome, sometimes with endometriosis, um, other forms of... Um, amenorrhea can mean that you know, somebody might not ovulate or get a period at all. I always recommend you know tracking no, no matter what essentially like even if you aren't getting a regular period there's absolutely no reason why you still can't track your cycle. So like I said earlier I lost my period for a year when it came back it was it was really irregular as it was settling in. Um, you don't need to have a regular cycle to track your period at all. In fact, menstrual cycle awareness and tracking your period when they are irregular can actually be hugely beneficial, particularly for uh, targeting when ovulation is occurring because that is going to give so much insight and intel as to when your period might next come. We know that So that first half of the menstrual cycle, which is the follicular phase, is more varied because ovulation can happen really at at any time. It's it's not set in stone like we've been taught. It doesn't happen on cycle day 14 for everyone. It is variable and it's affected by lifestyle, by stress, by, you know, other um, processes happening in the body. But we do know that the luteal phase, which is the one that uh, takes us from ovulation back down to menstruation, is more fixed so it'll be somewhere between 11 and 17 days so if your menstrual cycle is more regular then getting to understand when ovulation is occurring for you actually can reveal quite a bit about what's happening in your body and it's really useful information to be able to take to a healthcare practitioner to you know share with them the data on how long your menstrual uh, cycle has been in length how many days you're bleeding how heavy know blood flow um, is you know, how, how many mils of blood are you losing each month 
what day ovulation is occurring, all of these things, particularly when taken to a healthcare practitioner who has this language to understand just how much insight we can gain from understanding our menstrual cycles and tracking them, can actually really shed a, a lot of light on what's happening in the body. And so what I noticed as I, my cycles were becoming more regular was that I was also I had more energy and that I was, you know, feeling more mental clarity. And so as I could see, okay, like my cycles are definitely, you know, becoming more regular and my blood flow is, is not as heavy as it once was. That's really great insight to have as, as we're navigating whatever menstrual issues we might have. So fascinating. Mm. Right. I'm going to start tracking. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's got to happen. I know. I just, I just never thought about the importance of tracking it emotionally as well as just predicting when your next cycle is going to be or when your next period is going to be and this has just been so fascinating I've really gained from this and thank you so much for joining us because it's been so informative and I feel honestly truly empowered by it because I think the things that I've really taken away from this conversation is firstly that we can predict a little bit more on how we're how we're going to feel so as you said that's so empowering because instead of just one day you wake up and you feel a little bit crazy or the next day you feel a little bit anxious and you do feel like it's a huge roller coaster going up and down. So empowering to expect it and to know it and to treat it with kindness and acceptance and gentleness. And I think the other thing for me as well is what you just said about how our body is sort of giving us messages and it's then it's giving us the energy after menstruation to act on those messages. I just feel really grateful that everything we need is in our bodies. And I'm sure men have that in a different form. But yeah, as a person who menstruates, we've got a lot of tools in us to actually help us along our way, which I think is really lovely. Definitely. And I'm really excited to open up those conversations, to start chatting to my partner about it, to start chatting to my friends about it and making it more of a normalized topic to speak about. Because I'll say to my friends, oh, I'm on my period, I feel rubbish. But I'll never say like, God, I've got so much energy. Like, let's go out to a party tonight. Or I'm like, I'm really yeah. excited and I've got all this energy and like more creative, whatever it may be. Being able to understand that more from myself, I feel like then I can have those conversations more with other people and start opening up the topic and making it less scary and having a positive relationship with periods and Definitely. menstrual cycles. And if we do start talking about it, maybe we can stop hiding tampons up our sleeves when we're going to the bathroom. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I really appreciate having this conversation with the two of you. And I love what you've highlighted about the the positive, the benefits, the strengths and gifts of having a menstrual cycle, which isn't to minimize the reality that it is really hard having a menstrual cycle in this world that is very obsessed with linear modes of productivity and the nine to five and the Monday to Friday and the consistency, you know, obsession with being the same every day. Yeah, even still, there's a lot, there's a lot to celebrate about having a female body and, and the magic that we can create. So yeah, sharing it with other, other people in our lives and celebrating those moments of joy and creativity and libido, like you're super juicy. And like you say, very primal and very human. I love it. Yeah. Thank we you. We didn't so even much. touch on libido. I know. <laughs> How have we not covered libido? <laughs> okay, one last question. One last then. question. Yeah. When are we our horniest? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So typically, I would certainly say in the lead up to ovulation, like the body ah, is really priming. We want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> ultimately, that. that from the most primal perspective, the body is like preparing us to attract a mate and to yeah. continue the human race, right? Um, of course, there are other benefits to ovulation. But that really <laughs> is, you know, at, at its most primal. So that's certainly that lead up of estrogen, that kind of wetness that we get as the fertile window opens. Uh, we know that orgasm is more likely to occur um during ovulation and around oh, that time yeah that. so like yeah sensation like physical sensation and pleasure is heightened mm-hmm. arousal is heightened around wow. ovulation is that because you're more sensitive around that area around yeah the- so that fertile cervical mucus really like creates that really yummy wetness and that can um, that can help to increase arousal and pleasure in the body and also there's like more of an, an openness as well the cervix um moves higher so it's it's more open so there's lots of reasons why we can have more pleasure at that time and also that boost in testosterone too that definitely kicks the libido up as well 
but that's not to say that it's exclusively at that time. I mean, certainly around menstruation as well. Lots of women get really horny and turned on. But the kindest of sex that we might want at different times, what I know is, is it just changes. I don't really see libido as being on or off. But say, for example, around menstruation, maybe like self-pleasure and more like just, you know, touch on the clitoris around the vulva might be more pleasurable for someone whereas more penetrative sex could be more ideal and that lead up to ovulation as there's ultimately more room in the vagina as well that has blown my mind (laughs) but it's so true because sometimes I'm like I want really loving sex and like I do want different sex at different times of my period but that makes so much sense and now that you say it I can just see how directly related it is that is so fascinating yeah and it's wonderful to have that language to communicate to your partner as well to be able to say like I'm at this point in my cycles this is why I don't feel like the kind of sex we had last week or this is what I, I really want and need now so again it doesn't mean that sex has to be off the table although it can be of course but it just might look different from from week to week and phase to phase that's my a God. nightmare for my me poor I'm with a woman okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, our cycles have not synced so fuck knows how we're gonna have manage that synced? no we've lived together for four years and <laughs> not wild. synced I know right how we get this <laughs> She's going to be like, I want this. I'm like, but I want this. I'm yeah, crying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm crying. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, thank so, you much. so much. <laughs> I've honestly learned so Same. much. It's Absolutely. been a pleasure. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.